Thanks for tuning into Library Overload. This is Susie. And this is Tavia. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. This is episode 17. Thank you so much for keeping on track with us. If you like us, want to know more about the books that we talk about, we have a huge list of everything we've ever talked about on our website. It's libraryoverload.home.blog. And then our Instagram, where we post cute pictures of all the crap we read, is Library Overload there. On today's episode, we're going to talk about this month's buddy read, which is Can You Ever Forgive Me? Memoirs of a Literary Forger by Lee Israel. That's a long title. It is. It is a long title. Yeah. Before we get started on that. All right. I know you're going to yell at me about what I chose, but before. (laughs) I'm not going to raise my voice at all. (laughs) That's even worse. (laughs) So before you do that, I have an additional book to add to our summer reading guide so that was back in episode 15 i gave three books that i feel really good about people reading for the summer but i have another one that just came out that i completely forgot about (laughs) and people have to read it (laughs) all right let's hear it okay so it's called red white and royal blue by casey mckeeston so this is about america's first son alex so the president's son and Prince Henry of Wales, the, the king and queen's son of England, hate each other. They get into an explosive argument of some kind that is captured by the press. And so in order to not cause an international issue, they have to pretend to be friends. Do they fall in love? They fall in love. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's gay royal I first know. family. I know! How exciting! I know! <laughs> I heard about this a few weeks ago, and I had it, I had it on my list of books to possibly recommend for the summer the summer reading guide and somehow it completely fell off my radar and then I was at work the other day saw it and I was like I forgot about it (laughs) so I had to add it it sounds so good it does sound good like it's got the royalty thing that we love and royalty plus gay gay. like Ah. I I'm so down is it it YA no no it's adult Ooh. I know. I am so pumped about it. I cannot wait to finish all the stuff that I have from the library <laughs> right. so that I can go and get it because yeah. I, I need to read it. I have four things I'm taking back today and I'm excited to get my new stuff. Oh, I'm always like, for some reason, I'm always kind of sad to like bring something back to the library. But if I have something to pick up, I'm like, okay, it's, it's fine. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. So we can go back to, can you ever forgive me? No, Susie, I cannot. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So feel free to tell everyone what happened. So the thing is, (laughs) Susie picked a book and we were both like, oh, yeah, I've heard lots about this book. And both of us hated it. Like, I I gave it more pages than she did. I was on page 12 and I was like, nope, done. (laughs) I gave it till page 50. And I was like, this is the same thing. This is not going anywhere. I can't, I can't keep doing this. Um, So we, we scrapped that idea. Two days before recording this this episode. (laughs) Because that's how, like, we read so fast. Mm -hmm. We hadn't prepared it any further in advance even though it was, it was a big book yeah um we, were, we both knew that we could finish it and, yeah, and especially because we had heard such great things everybody raves about it right and the author like everybody raves yeah. about the author and everything. so we, we 
we knew we could get through it, but we both hated it. <laughs> it was going nowhere fast. Mm. So then we were in a scramble to find something else. So Susie picked a shorter, and it's very short. It's like 150 pages. Yeah, real short. Yeah. Um, and that's the backup is this, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Which was equally dull, but I do have thoughts about it. I have thoughts about it, but my, my issue was that if it had been any longer, I couldn't have done it. I agree. 100%. Um, so those keeping track of our buddy reads. <sighs> Susie has two. I'm putting both of those books in the negative <gasps> column. Both of them? Yeah. Aww. Both of them. Because I didn't finish the first one, and I hardly ever don't finish books. I mean, it's rare when I don't finish a book. And this one, it was like, meh. I gave it two stars. I think I gave it one. And I don't give two stars. Like No, that's yeah, that's very low for you. <laughs> yeah. I am totally fine with giving bad ratings on mm-hmm. on Goodreads. Just because there are going to be people that love it. And so, mm-hmm. like, my two stars or my one stars, it's nothing. It's I feel the same way when I guess when I look at a book that I loved and I've given lots of stars and people are, like, giving bad reviews. And I'm yeah. like, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think, too. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go into our spoilery, so Lee Israel was a semi-prolific author. This is a true story. Um, nonfiction author. She wrote biographies on famous actresses, things like that. So she she kind of had uh, she had a pretty pretty good dart to mm-hmm. her career. She had two or three books out. Yes. I think. Well, I um, think the third one's what killed her. Yeah. Nobody that I had recognized. I had to look up everybody that she had written about. She talked about Marilyn Monroe once. And I was like, oh, I know her. <laughs> one of them was like um, Tallulah somebody. Yes, I didn't know who that and was. I had no, and I think this is a generational thing because all mm. of these people were the 50s and 60s yeah. and, and maybe even before that. And I had no clue. <laughs> so <laughs> her downfall started when there was someone shopping a chance to write a biography on Estee Lauder. Yes. And who's a real person? She is a real person. And she was kind of strapped on cash and she was like, you know what? I'll take it. And, but it was a rush job because they were trying to beat Estee Lauder's auto autobiography mm-hmm. coming out. So right, because Estee Lauder did not want a book written about her. Right. She tried to pay her to not write it. And she was like, now make more money writing it. Mm-hmm. She did not. No, she did not. Um, she even mentioned like si- uh, like signing a ton of books and going to the stores, and they were all still sitting on the shelves. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of her downfall. And, and I think egotistically, as an author who had been a, a New York Times bestseller, mm-hmm. she like took it extremely hard. Yes. Which I get, like, oh, yeah. that would suck. Yeah, if you have two books that are ridiculously bestsellers and then you plummet, you're like, well, yeah. now what? Yeah, um, and, you know, she had no other skills. She's 50-something years old. Um, so she gets to the point where her cat is very, very ill and she can't afford to take him to the vet. So she turns to forgery and she starts tweaking or copying letters of famous people to their friends, forging their signatures and selling them to collectors, sellers, all of that. Yeah, autograph dealers. Thank you. So that is that is what this book is about. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm a little bored. I got bored. I mean, I was intrigued by the notion of it. Mm-hmm. And no, the premise is very interesting. The book goes through why she did it, how she did it, 
and how she got caught. Yes. Which the how she got caught is kind of interesting. I have thoughts about that. <laughs> um, but they made this into a movie with Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. which was her first dramatic role. She was nominated for an Oscar. I have not seen it, but I would like to because mm-hmm. the the reviews for the movie are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Melissa McCarthy was nominated for an Oscar for this role. Yeah, that's best and actress. that's amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So spoiler free ends now. It is a real life thing though. So I mean I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and it happened in nine nine between like nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety two. Yes. Um, yeah, so. she only did it for two years. Yeah. So let's talk about first how I guess how she got caught mm-hmm. because in her so she got greedy essentially yeah and and i know it's written from her perspective so obviously she doesn't know how but like how did they catch her how did they know it was her like how did Mm -hmm. like who discovered that she was forging them Mm -hmm. like you don't know like you don't have any well there is a brief where she says one of the autograph dealers was tripped to one of the noel somebody letters that she wrote because the collector had actually known him that's right and he said he would never have openly written in about the his 60s, sexuality about yeah. his homosexuality yeah. um and and because it was such a dangerous time for that mm-hmm. and so that's where the downfall kind of started because she she started not just copying she started inventing full dialogue for the yeah. people who she was writing about now that you mentioned that now there was there wasn't um a collector that she had kind of uh maintained a friendship with and when they went out to dinner he was like bt dubs Someone saying it's fake, but I mean, it's making me money, so... Right, and then he tried to, like, blackmail her for his silence, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the same guy. Okay, okay. I just, I don't know. I feel like... And she ended up paying his blackmail money with money she was making off of off him. Off of forgery. Through well, another person. Well, well, I think she got that $5,000 he asked for from, what was his name, James? James Hicks? The guy that she ended up... Uh, oh, I thought it was Hawk or something. Um, but yeah, she she got that money from him once they started actually stealing documents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, she she was a researcher, a, biogra- a biographical researcher. So what she would do is go into the library, into these collections, and look at the correspondence of these people. And she started by taking their their letters and kind of adding or Mm -hmm. or making up a few things here and there and then she stopped looking at the originals and just started making up her own she she, would take like a sentence here or there but and she wouldn't date it or you know and she would go and like get antique or vintage paper and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and and get she had like seven different typewriters she would collect and, and type off of and so she started you know, taking actual letters. Then she started making up her own stuff. And eventually she she segued into stealing original documents from the library collections and replacing them with forgeries. Yeah. And that's kind of where the downfall started because yeah. she, was, she was taking out the originals. Mm-hmm. So she was in the rare collections of the libraries where security was a little higher. Yeah. I just... That, I think, once she started stealing them, that became a little more interesting to me because as a heist, Mm -hmm. and I love heists, but I don't know. The whole thing to me felt like she was really proud of what she did. Yeah, she was not sorry. She was not sorry. The only thing she apologized for is that she said she felt like she had lost the trust of the academic community, and she felt bad about that. But it's that's more like, I'm sorry I got caught. 
kind of thing. Right. She like, has zero remorse for no. the rest of it. And what pissed me off the most was that she got six months house arrest, five years probation. And that's it. But then she ended up getting a great job copy editing for Scholastic. And like, then she gets a movie and a book deal out of this? Like, yeah. Like, well, she's passed on now. Yeah, she died uh, in 2014. But she, she yeah, obviously she wrote the book in 2012, I think. And for me, a little bit, the book seemed like another attempt for her to just make money off of what she had True. done. Yeah. So I was like, eh. I, yeah, she kind of rem- reminded me, honestly, of Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street guy. When it's like, mm. I made money off the backs of people. I'm not sorry about it. And so I'm, I'm going to write a book. Caught. Yeah, I'm sorry I got caught. So I'm going to write a book to make more money. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I uh, I kind of hate you. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just, I don't know. It felt more like bragging to me than anything oh, else. Oh, absolutely. Is the way I looked at this book was that she was bragging about what she done, what she had done. And then she was mad at the guy she ended up going in partnership with for taking care of himself yeah and she had zero remorse about what she had done to other people or how much money she had stolen from other people or what she had done you know to the rare documents and these collections and stuff yeah i just yeah i really i finished it and i was like well number one that was a waste of my time number two this was just a privileged woman bragging about shit that she did when she didn't have to pay for it like she wrote exactly what she got punishment wise she, she didn't, didn't have even, to pay back money yeah she didn't she, even get technically arrested she just went no to the she FBI never had handcuffs on her yeah. she even after she left court she was so down in the dumps about it she had to go and steal liquor from a convenience store gets caught goes to court the next day and the, the store clerk doesn't show up so that's completely written off yeah and yeah she yeah, it, she got so lucky it's on every so infuriating. front. infuriating. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was. Mm-mm. I get I, in the grand scheme of things, forging letters is not, you know. You're not hurting anybody. You're not. But you're taking people's money for it. Mm-hmm. And you could be possibly hurting family members mm-hmm. of the persons you're writing about. Right. And then in like the trickle down effect, you like if I want to go see those collections now. Are they be- real? Yeah, are they real? But also the security is going to be 10 times as strong mm-hmm. where I don't get to have the same experience that people had sure. you know, 50 years ago Yeah, when looking at this stuff. Yeah, I was, I was displeased with it. I was displeased with her. But I feel like this would have been an interesting story to read about, but maybe from the, the agents that caught her. Yeah. Like... This was is technically a memoir slash true crime because it is about mm-hmm. a crime, but there's really no chase. Yeah, there's no like <gasps> they found her. Like mm-hmm. it's like of course they're gonna find her. Like she's so stupid. I don't know. It was I. It I was, also felt really bad for all of the animals she had over the years. The various different animals. I don't. I don't know why. Like I. I think that she loved. It was the whole reason she started her crime spree was because she wanted to take care of her cat. Right, but at one point the ho- the apartment is in such bad disarray that the pest control won't come in and see about what's causing the flies cuz her apartment's so gross. True. Yeah, that was a bad that was a low point. Was for gross. sure. Yeah. That's where she first started. Yeah. The thing because she had like a 
really nice apartment Mm -hmm. that she didn't want to let go of and her cat was sick so she's like yeah I need some money I don't really want to work for it she went and did like a job that lasted maybe four hours at and she's like yeah this is terrible I'm not gonna do this yeah it was it was like underlining the differences of uh legal documents for a lawyer's office like correcting grammar and stuff that does sound mind-numbing it does but it's money like right and you don't it's have not to illegal. be worried yeah you don't have to be worried about cops yeah and which is ridiculous to me because she mentioned several times that she had severe anxiety about it but she kept doing it mm-hmm. like what are you she doing? said she enjoyed that part of it she said she was always worried about one thing or another so it was just like it was the same as the anxiety she would have had for failing a test mm-hmm. in school that she had for this mm-hmm. it was just replacing one worry with another it didn't actually affect her significantly which was intriguing and she she's proud of the work that she did like the stories that she made up she would brag about like sentences that she made up that sounded just Mm -hmm. like this person would say and all throughout the book there are photos of the letters that Uh she had sent that was interesting yeah and like it was interesting when she was talking about like the different person's signatures Mm -hmm. and this noel uh noel guy Mm -hmm. and how he had this very flourishy yeah like the first letter mm-hmm. of his name was in and like in the picture it's like no yeah that'd be that'd be yeah. and how hard. she ended up being able to forge that she had a really old tv mm-hmm. and she made like a light box out of it yeah and so she could copy through the paper yeah which was interesting which that i mean that part was cool because mm-hmm. i mean i obviously i'm weird and i like crime stuff mm-hmm. um so that was interesting the stealing of the documents was interesting but it leaves a bad taste in your mouth when it's the person that did all this is telling you about it and being super proud about it. Yeah. I feel like this story, the premise was intriguing, but it it fell flat. So we could have done, this could have been a better book. Yeah. Told from a different perspective. Yeah. I wish that instead of Lee Israel writing it, I wish she had told her story to someone else. And they could have done it because mm-hmm. I feel like they would have done more research and we would have had Lee's perspective. And then we mm-hmm. also would have had the investigator's perspective right. as well. Or the dealer's perspectives. That or, would be you know, interesting too. Um, yeah, because you never know of the fallout mm-hmm. of that. <gasps> I forgot in the book she even talks about how she goes into a, a collector's place that she'd never been before. And she asks if they have any specific person's letters and he's like, yes, I do. Let me show you it. And it's one of hers. And she was so proud. But she was pissed that it was selling for like $2,500 when mm-hmm. she only got like 75 or yeah. something for so it. she wrote like a petty note telling the dealer it was forged. Yeah. And then, you know, she checked a couple weeks later and it was no longer there. Right. No and she's like, listed. in her note, she said the poor woman who wrote that letter only or who sold that letter only got $80 for it. How dare, dare you sell it for this? Yeah. And it's like, it's like really? Why are Your you? Your self-worth is way up there yeah like why are you like this Mm -hmm. like very what happened to you to Mm -hmm. make you such an asshole (laughs) she's very pretentious yeah i yeah i i hated it all around like this story it's not one of those books that i look at and i think man this story should not have been told and i've thought that on a couple of books sure like this story should have been told it's interesting it should just just been done much better yeah i don't think that um her writing it was a good idea at all Right. Because, it, like I said, it seems like a brag. That's yeah, in another her, attempt to get money. Yeah. It makes her completely unlikable. It's Yeah. She's irredeemable yeah. Is in my in my view. Completely. And I hate that out of a character. Right. Like, nobody wants 
to listen to a character that you don't like speak. And when the whole book is written by this unlikable mm-hmm. char- like person, yeah. yeah there's zero, and I, I get that it's a real person, but there's zero character development. There's zero self-realization. There's no. nothing. She's just as terrible as a person at the beginning as she is at the end. Yeah. like Even she never, more so. Yeah, she doesn't really, like, in quotations, learn her lesson. No. Like, it's... It's just, well, I got caught, so I guess I have to work right. again. I'm going to I'm gonna stop now because it's getting too hard to keep up with this. Not because I really think it's a bad thing. Yeah, or I just, anything. you know, got in trouble. Got yeah. us. And then she was bragging about how she got onto Scholastic and she bypassed the background check simply because she started as a temp. And so she was just able to get mm-hmm. in under the radar without them knowing that she... She had. Yeah. And the reason that she she actually was classified as a felon because they had taken the stolen documents and taken them across state lines. I forgot So they were that. selling material across state lines, her and the partner that she ropes in. Yeah, I forgot end. about that. Yeah, it was just really flippant, mm-hmm. really just, uh, yeah, she was very proud of the fact that she had never been arrested. She was just... And then she even talked about how the DA was really flippant about her case. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she was really weird. And then she also kind of talked about homosexuality, oddly to me. Well, she was gay. So she talked about ex lovers What? How did you not pick up on that? All of her ex-lovers are women. When did she talk about ex-lovers? She names all her cats after ex-lovers. I thought she was being facetious. No, she's a lesbian. Okay, no, I I had no idea that she was gay. She talks about that. I think you didn't read the book as well. (laughs) I read the cliff notes. It was five pages. (laughs) Just kidding. She's kidding. She wouldn't do that. Okay, so that's... I like it when I get to do that to you. Usually you do that to me. (laughs) No, that's crazy. Okay, 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 hang on. So I found, I took a picture of a quote that I found really funny, but I was also like, but depending on how she was saying it, it could be super assholerish or it could be really funny. Assholerish? Yeah, I made it up. It's fine. Um, But now it's funny because she's gay, so she's allowed to say it. But she said, the book had respectable sales and attracted many admirers, especially in the gay community. And then quote, and then in parentheses, it said, by which I mean men. Lesbians don't seem to harbor the gay sensibility with the same vigorous attention to detail as the guys who, I suspect, are born with the great American songbook clinging to the walls of their Y chromosomes. <laughs> that made me lol. It was really, it was cute. Yes. But at first I was like, is she an asshole <laughs> to gay people? Or No, I had picked up on the fact that she was gay at that point, so I knew what she meant. <laughs> nope. I, okay, that's interesting then. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, no, it had no gay undertones to me. Like, I mean, it wasn't pertinent to the story, but it was in the details. Right, but I guess also, so when this was happening, it was the early 90s, so the AIDS ec- epidemic was pretty high and large mm-hmm. at that time. So maybe it was just like, I'm not I'm not really going to come out and say it, but not really. Like, right. Well, I mean, the, the partner that she ropes in, she, he ends up having AIDS. And ends up dying of complications. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was kind of a dick to him, though. And she said, well, it's good that he died when he did, because then he didn't get in trouble for this other thing. And yeah, I'm like, he had done something else and he was going to be arrested like, for it or something. It's you're like, glad he died so he didn't get jail time like that yeah no she said it's good that he died when he did because if not he would have died in a prison hospital yeah which is like mm, i mean i get i, I understand the sentiment of but it but you're not feeling sad for him at this no. point and it kind of makes me think like 
are you a sociopath? Like, where is your empathy? That. Yeah, no, I don't think she had any empathy at all. So I recently, I'm going to talk about this in our next episode, but I just read an entire book about psychopaths. I'm quite the expert now, so. You scare me a little bit. <laughs> um no I scare myself sometimes like (laughs) at work I'll pick up books and be like oh my god this sounds so interesting and everyone is like Susie quit it (laughs) like just read normal shit right um just read just read normal stuff I know I'm so sorry I'm I've I've been in a real weird kick lately my stuff is all over the place kind of is yeah but yeah anyways like no she she was completely without empathy Mm -hmm. like she didn't care who she hurt she didn't care that she caught other than the fact that she just had to stop like and then she was like she was being real sarcastic about the fact that she worked at Scholastic which would be a hella good job like Mm -hmm. I would love to work for Scholastic that'd be so cool cool. and and she was being real facetious about like what she learned while she worked there I'm just like could you calm down she's not a likable character not at all all. like I would have punched her in the face if I had met her and she wasn't like super old because I would feel a little bad for punching an old lady um the pictures of her make her look a bit older I don't think she was I mean well this all started in the 90s when she was in her 50s so she didn't die until like 2012 or 2014 so I mean she was she was older but yeah I just and I think Melissa McCarthy as casting as her was a favor to her a favor to Lee or a favor to Melissa no a favor to Lee Melissa McCarthy is much better looking than oh that's what I'm trying to say (laughs) yeah I I could I could give you that yeah I I don't know I, I watched the trailer for the movie and there's a thing and it kind of hit the nail on the head with the way the tone of the book but Melissa McCarthy's character, she says, I'd like to say I'm sorry, but I'm really not. This has been the best time of my life. Yeah, that sounds just like her. Yeah. And it's like, that's exactly hmm. what this book is. It's bragging that you're a criminal and you got caught, but you didn't really have to pay for it, you know? Yeah. It, yeah, no, it, going back to it, it completely sounds like the Wolf of Wall Street guy. Because now he's touring the country, putting on these big speaking engagements, like telling people how to make money when mm-hmm. he made his money off the backs of the poor mm-hmm. and just bragged about it and said, but look what, what a hell of a life I had. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's infuriating and I hate people like that. The first time I watched Wolf of Wall Street, it was funny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was whatever. The second time I watched it, it just pissed me off because, like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Let brag about all these things that you did that thought were that you thought were hysterical. I haven't seen that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. This whole time you've been talking about it, I kept thinking that you were talking about the Wall Street. Guy. Oh my god! What is that? Um, Michael. Um, it was Michael Douglas who played yeah, the guy, and yeah. then Charlie Sheen in the first one, and I haven't seen that either. But <laughs> that's the movie I thought you were talking about this whole time. So I I have zero clues about what you're going okay, on about surely it. Surely <laughs> at least one listener will know. And was- I'm sure our listeners will know Dorothy Parker and Noelle Coward and Louise Brooks. And those yeah. are the people who f- Lee is real forged. Yeah. I had no clue who they I, were. <laughs> I didn't know who they were. I had to look them all up. Apparently they're like screenwriters and actresses and stuff in mm. the 60s. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We will be right back in just a moment. All right. We're going to do a couple of like book club questions just to kind of get the temperature on the book, I guess. I like that. (laughs) The temperature of it. Yes. Do you think the story was plot based or character driven? I mean, I I guess it has to be plot because it's certainly not character driven. 
I think it was character driven, but in a narcissistic way. Like, I don't think there was a lot of plot. It was like a chronology. Well, she was really weird about how she did it because it was like the first trimester and the second trimester was the. Also, I didn't know things had trimesters like outside of pregnancy. Right. I didn't know we Mm. called this a thing. But no, like, so the first trimester was her just forging. The second trimester was stealing. What was going to be the third trimester? Like, did she think this through? I don't know. I thought the third trimester was her getting caught. Maybe. I don't know. But I think it was character driven, but in like a, in a narcissistic character kind of way. Like, it was literally 100% all about her. Yeah. I'm going to agree to disagree. I think it was plot just because the plot did go somewhere, whereas the character did not. That's just true. I could see that. What made the setting unique or important? Could the story have taken place anywhere else? Hmm. I I mean, technically, yeah, it could have taken place elsewhere just because she lived in New York City, but New York City didn't really have a big part in this story. I think the characters that she picked in The Dealers, it would have been hard-pressed to have only been in New York or L.A. So I feel like the only two places it could have been. Well, no, but she even talked about mailing things to North Carolina. There was someone in Kansas that bought something from her. So I think she she kind but of but she went to a lot of the libraries that were local to get her material. Stole. Yeah, true. Oh, that's an interesting one. I know that a few years later she did try to go to the library again, and they kicked her out, and that made me that made me laugh. Yeah, the guard was like, no, no. She's like, I'm just sitting here reading, and mm-hmm. no. Yeah, she said they, like, put her picture up at all the libraries. and Which is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be so sad if I was ever, like, blacklisted from the library. <laughs> You've been kicked out of a lot of places. Okay. The library. This is not the place <laughs> to share those stories. Well, we'll just let you guys invent those stories for Maybe, like, own. our 100th episode, we can have people <laughs> ask questions. So if you yeah. remember this, yes. ask me and I will share those. That's hysterical. Um, Did you pick up any themes throughout the book? Um, Narcissism, uh, sociopaths, crazy ladies, cats. Crazy cat lady narcissist is the theme that we picked up on. I'm not done with adjectives, I don't think. Maybe I'm done. You should be done. I feel like I had one more in the chamber, but now it's gone. Sorry about that. It's fine. How credible or believable did you find the narrator? Do you feel like you got the true story out of it? (laughs) So you don't feel like you got the true story out of her. I think we kind of touched on that a little bit. Like if the story had been told a little more objectively. Mm -hmm. No, I feel like she wrote what she wanted to write to make herself look smart to, or in her eyes to make herself look smart, to make herself look, Um, skilled at what she was doing Mm -hmm. at the end of it like the last few pages she even said looking back I wasn't a great author but I was a great how did she word it I think she said she was a great forger is that what yeah she was a great she wasn't a great author but she was a great forger and that I think just spoke volumes Mm -hmm. I don't it's like you are not good enough in your own right so you copy someone else's work yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. She said that she spent so much time in these people's letters that she felt like she knew them well enough to speak for them, mm-hmm. which is crazy. No, that's no, that's that's assholery to another level. Did the book change your opinion or perspective about anything? Do you feel different now than you did before you read it? I'm a little pissed now. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. What do you? Th- um, I think it's, 
I think it was an intriguing book, and that's about it. Like, I think the premise mm-hmm. was intriguing, but yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like it changed me in any significant way, other than I feel like I had to waste some time reading it. Yeah, and it was such a short book, mm-hmm. and I kept having to take breaks. <laughs> that's yeah. a bad sign. It's like, okay, I can't read you anymore. Yeah, it was like if I had sat down and read it, I probably could have done it in an hour, mm-hmm. hour and a half. But it took me two days yeah. to get through 150 pages just because I was like, no, this is just yeah. this is not fun. No, I get it. I pushed it off until yesterday and mm-hmm. and then sat down. I was like, OK, I must work. <laughs> I must do this. But yeah, yeah, it just it, it I get it, I don't think it changes anything, but it does kind of solidify for me that I just I don't like unreliable narrators at all. Yes. Um. I, I kind of knew that already, mm-hmm. but I was like, well, maybe certain genres, like maybe I just don't love psychological thrillers told from the perspective of what, like the suspect or whatever. Mm-hmm. But no, I think it's just, I don't, I don't deal well with unlikable characters in, in the driver's seat. Do you think that that's because you have dealt with those people in real life? Oh, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a question. Yeah, Tavia. it is. That is, um, maybe, Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, that's probably a a whole huge tangled web of the reason why I'm so type A. Like I want to be in control. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very neurotic about really weird specific things. I know. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) But yeah, no, that's probably why. Cause I'm, cause when I'm reading, I want, I read a whole lot of nonfiction now, way more than I used to. And I think it's just because as I get older, I, I'm understanding how much I do not know. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm reading something, especially something that is nonfiction, I'm most likely wanting to read this to learn. Mm-hmm. And so if someone is super unreliable, that's, I'm, I'm hoping to learn from, I'm I'm not gonna engage with that at all. I get that. Like yeah. So yeah, it probably I I like we've talked about this before. I love reading for escapism. Sure. And if I come across characters that I've met before, mm. like in real life, it's no longer like an escapism thing. That it's makes like sense. I can see this person in this character and I don't like it anymore. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Like even y- the nonfiction I read, I do read as a as a sort of like you you read it to learn, but it's also learn about something you don't already know. If yes. I already have an experience in this, I don't want to read about you anymore. Yes, and it also again goes back to the narcissism. Like I don't want an asshole teaching me things. Right. Like yeah, I, I can't learn anything from you. Yeah, I don't want no, to learn anything. Yeah, from I'll you. Ha- I'll put up this wall and and it'll be like if an asshole was talking at me like in a bar or whatever, like I would just immediately be like, no, 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 no. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not interested in that at all. Like it's, I think it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I feel like you're talking at me and being like, look at me, look how awesome I am. Like, no, thank you. Unless you are like an Olympian, I don't want to hear how awesome you are. I kind of equate it to people who like used to be on drugs and they brag about all the drugs they did or how, like all the awesome shit they did when they were high. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I get that. I listened to um, Dak Shepard's podcast. I love them. They're they're the best couple ever. I follow her on Instagram. She's fantastic on Instagram. But I listen to his podcast every once in a while. They're like almost two hours long, so like oh, it's wow. hard to yeah. But so it's hard to like listen every week. Commit. Yeah, but. 
um, you know, he's a he was a big time drug user, mm-hmm. um, sober now for a while. I think like twelve years. Um, I think something like that. I'm not sure. And so when he tells his stories about what he did while he was high, it's never like listen to this funny ass story that I'm telling you. It's more like listen to what I did. It's a reverence. Yeah. He has a like respect for Yes. What like this is not a funny story. Right. This is like, I did terrible things. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Like, right. yeah, it's, it's different. Right. Yes. And there are people who are like telling you to like brag about what they did mm-hmm. and with no regard to who they hurt right. in the process. And mm-hmm. that's the way I felt that Lee Israel's story came across. She yeah. had zero regard for people that she hurt in her life or for like what happened and yeah. she feels zero remorse for it yeah no i i'm right there and with she's you. kind of bragging about it yeah and it's super rude mm-hmm. yeah i didn't like her and i don't like people like her yeah so we're sorry that this was a bit of a disappointing book for us but it made for a good discussion though yeah we had such a high with Daisy Jones, though. I think it's I good know, it's to level it out a little. Sure, sure. Yeah, maybe not this low. Right. But, I mean, not every book that we pick we're going to like. True. And it's good for us to have the same level of discussion yeah. about books that we don't like as books that we do like. Absolutely. You know, maybe someone else will like it. Yeah, maybe, uh, like, no judgment at all. Maybe you really enjoy unreliable narrators or you enjoy a different perspective that is completely unlike yourself Mm -hmm. um yeah no i i get it if you enjoy it because it is an interesting story Mm -hmm. it's an interesting telling it's just it is not for me yeah this one wasn't for me either but i feel less pressure moving forward on my picks because you picked two abysmal books i feel like it's not fair that i'm being counted for both I, i i couldn't finish it that that's that's on you we'll see I told you the last time I didn't finish a book, years. Do you remember what it was? No. No, I don't think I do. Because I, I finished Red Clocks when you did not. Oh, no. See, I pushed through the whole life, thing of that one. Life is too short to read stuff that you just are, like, are not enjoying. Yeah. I, I can, cannot name the last book that I didn't finish. That's crazy. So you have, both of these are on you. Fine. You, you own this now. Fine. <laughs> We'll see what you pick next. We really should still get that chart made. <laughs> We've been talking about it. <laughs> I, I will work on it. We'll see. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to our discussion on how much we did not care for this book. <laughs> yes. Sorry to be Debbie Downers. Yes. Oh, I love Rachel Dratch. I, I, <laughs> I talked about her in our comedians episode. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't read her book. I need to. Oh, it's Have good. you seen that um, she... Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph. Yes. Uh, have Wine Country on Netflix. Okay, so here's now. what happened. They said, let's take a girl's trip to the Wine Country and get paid for it. That's the movie. Apparently, That's though, what happened. Apparently, it's based on, like, stuff they actually did. So what they did was they went to Wine Country, went a little cray, and then they were like, that was hilarious. Let's, let's film it. Yeah. <laughs> Can this be my life? <laughs> yes, please. Take me. Take right? me. Wine, wine, wine Valley. <laughs> Yes, Susie and I are hilarious. Yes, Someone are. needs to come and film our lives, and we're so pay funny. Lots of money, and then we have all the money to make all the movies we want to <gasps> make. Full circle. Yes, it's a life plan. We have a ten-year plan now. Perfect. Yes. And on that note, I think we'll end this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.